This is Comic Geek Speak, episode 1700, Comic Talk! I'm Brian Chrisman. I'm Shane Kelly. I'm Adam Murdo. And I'm Chris Eberly. And welcome to the show. Yes, once again, ready for our time-tested comic talk episode where we'll go all over the place about all kinds of things. We may even talk about comics. Somewhere in there. Somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Fingers crossed. And you said 1,700. 1,700th wow. numbered wow. episode. Of course, long-time listeners will know that we had, for the first 300 episodes, um, they really weren't um, numbered exactly uh, uh, chronologically. There were some yeah. specials that had yep. their own um, designations, like a lot of... Mm-hmm. Um, that fell outside the numbering scheme or sequence. Right. Of course, there was many spinoffs through the day. So there is over 2,000 episodes of Comic Geek Speak in one way or another, whether it's, whether it's all of us or spinoffs or what have you there, so... Yeah, but this one is number 1700. So we're going to have a nice old comic talk. Everybody here uh, who's here. That's right. right. (laughs) Everyone who's here is presently here. I don't know what I'm I'm talking about. But but before we get too off off the tracks and I drill everything, let's talk about our sponsor. This episode of Comic Geek Speak is brought to you by SuperheroStuff.com. You can go to for all of your Superhero Superhero Stuff. stuff. There we go. (laughs) Yes, your one-stop shop for your geeky needs, whether it's for yourself, uh, your kids, your significant others, uh, neighbors, clergymen, what have you there. A congenial stranger. Yes, exactly. They've got it all, whether it's whether it's T-shirts, hats, hoodies, belts, pop figures, you name it. Uh, you want right? socks with capes on them? They got those. They got those. Of course, right now, they've got a lot of stuff for Deadpool. Deadpool 2, which just came out, and a lot of, a lot of Infinity War uh, t-shirts there. I see there's, getting ready for some of these, there's a Batman three-piece grill set. <laughs> <laughs> there's an Infinity Gauntlet wristwatch with the uh, gems uh, around. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're proud. I, I know my audience. <laughs> Namaste! <laughs> around, <laughs> around the face of the watch. Uh, there's Green Lantern sleep pants. Of course, Father's Day is around the corner. Yeah, yeah for, sure is. For your pops to get into their, their geek needs. Uh, my goodness. I mean, all kinds of new... I mean, uh, Han, uh, Han Yolo Star Wars t-shirt. <laughs> you know, for the Han Solo movie. You, know, yeah, you, yeah, you only can't live can't once. Can't. There's even a Captain America three-piece grill set. There's a Deadpool face <laughs> padlock. Oh, my God. They got it all. Batman animated series pint glasses. You, you name it all. Merchandising. Merchandising. Exactly. And they're always running discounts and specials. So check out their website. They're on the Facebook. I think they're on the Twitter. They have a newsletter. They're always giving out coupon things. So check them out. Superherostuff.com. You go to all of your superhero, superhero stuff. stuff. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, as we record this, it's uh, May 22nd. Uh, next week is Memorial Day. And, of course, that's when Adam vacates. Actually, leaving in a couple days, I believe. Maybe um, it's tomorrow week tonight. Right? Less than 24 <laughs> hours, yes. I'll be departing. Not this mortal coil. You'll be heading down. Uh, yeah, I'm not shuffling anything off. No, I'm just, uh, <laughs> you're, you're just, just going to New Jersey. Packing up my meager belongings and my pussycat and uh, <laughs> driving to New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> and Murd, let me tell you, 
my fabled homeland, this state of New Jersey, there's a feeling of electricity in the air knowing you will soon be <laughs> making the trek. <laughs> I'm abuzz with anticipation myself, Chris. <laughs> and of course, we're talking about heading down to the uh, Jersey Shore, uh, perhaps better known as Stone Harbor, for uh, your summer jaunt at Murdo's Christmas Barn. Oh, shop. Shop. Oh, my God. Right. Oh, that's, I'm sorry. The barn is up here. The shop's down there. Ooh. Right, right, right. Slap me silly. Um, and we're hoping that uh, the tinfoil reaches long enough down there and the strings. We have you on the show sometimes. <laughs> I know we've had some problems in the past. We'll work it out about having you on the show. Or you can yeah. just drive back here and say hi. There exists a possibility that I will be Skype-capable down there after all. Not with my own computer, but with uh, a loner. That's correct. So possibly. Oh, terrific. And as luck would have it, I'm going to be making my way back here for our dentist appointment next week already. So uh, oh, wow. might be able to slip in a recording then. Excellent, excellent. All right. Well, uh, anything, anything to start out with? I can, I can roll into all kinds of crazy topics here. Okay. No, no, I mean, specific. <laughs> there was no hesitation there. I'll roll a couple of things here. Uh, first of all, uh, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, actually, we had our friends, uh, the Benson Sisters on the show, Julia and Shauna. And uh, they, the solicitors have just come out for their first issue of their run of the ongoing Green Arrow title. Excellent. Of course, next Wednesday, they're writing Green Arrow t- annual number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, which comes out, but their actual run starts at Green Arrow number 43, uh, which should be in your stores on August 1st. Now, talking to them and actually many writers in the past, they don't, at least for DC, don't write their own solicits, but I could see them writing their solicits. So listen to this. It says, Seattle's in for a serious shakeup when Green Arrow crosses quivers with a new vigilante hero dubbed The Citizen, who's hell-bent on exposing the corrupt and criminal one-percenters operating in, in the Emerald City. From talking to them, we know they like having their own characters yeah. created and villains because sometimes it's tough getting to play with the other heroes, DC villains right. in the universe. Editorial coordination to right. share the toys in the toy box is a little So they made their own, so I, I caught that. And it continues on here. Green Arrow initially applauds these efforts until the citizen turns judge jury, and executioner. Can you guess what bloviating billionaire is next on his hit list? How about that alliteration there, boys and girls? How about it? <laughs> I, I am proud of them for that. Well, no, that might not be them, but, but and this last line here, I'm proud of whoever wrote it for Exactly. <laughs> and here's the last like line. like to attribute it to the Bensons. Here's the last line. Also, a little birdie told us that help for Ollie is on the way, <laughs> but we're not singing who it is just yet. So, ah. Uh, it's like listening to a 60s Batman TV show. <laughs> intro. Yeah, just imagine, it. Uh, was it Bill Castle? Is that the the, the, uh, the producer and narrator's name? That was might it, be, yeah. Was Bill something. B- Bill Dozier. Do- Bill there we go. Yeah, Bill Cas- yeah, William Castle well, is um, like a horror movie producer. That's right. So, yeah, just imagine it in that voice. <laughs> same Arrow time, same Arrow channel. Yeah, and they uh, put <laughs> up there the, the Alex Malev cover for that. Nice. Very nice. And it's also going to be a very cover by uh, Carrie Andrews. So looking forward to that. Yeah. Anything else? I'm going to keep going on if you guys don't stop me. No, go for now. <laughs> go for now until I'm out of the gas? Is that yeah. what you're saying? We'll all meet up at the Deadpool 2 yeah. review. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, if we, if we didn't mention, we'll, we've all seen Deadpool 2. We've all seen Deadpool <laughs> 2. Although he would have said Tool. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, there is a character called yeah. the Red Tool in the DC universe. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, but this is a Marvel movie, and that's not why you call But anyway, so... We'll have a discussion of that towards the end, so spoilers, spoilers, forewarned is forearmed. Um, did anybody do anything for Free Comic Book Day? No. 
No, I really would. I for like the third year in a row now, I've missed Free Comic Book Day through circumstances not in my control. I that was but May fifth this year. I did get uh, to Golden Eagle two weeks ago. Now it was a week after it opened, mm-hmm. um, and got to hang out there and got some stuff that I was missing. So that was cool. Yeah, nice store. Thing. Yeah, it's the brand new location yeah, for Golden Eagle. It was Eagle. nice. I like it. It's their grand opening. Yep. Took me took me on a tour down the hallway around to the game. Oh, you room. see, I couldn't That's go there. Awesome. It wasn't open when I was there, oh. and they said, "No, you can't go in there." Like, what do you awesome. mean I can't go in there? Go there. Don't no they know one... who you are? Well, That's what I said. <laughs> 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 Kidding around, of course. And they said, "Well, no, if no one can go back there, then you can't go back there either." I'm like, "Get your prison, prison!" It's cool. It's nice. <laughs> hey, I look forward to when they when he, Scott said about having just a few things yet to work out and get everything ship shape. But yeah, it was. It's a nice space. It should work out well. Yeah. You can sort of tell that it used to be in 1980s furniture oh, showroom. Oh, gosh, yeah. Just, Oh, yeah. Just the, the decor, <laughs> yeah. the wall trim. The, that wall trim, so I specifically said to him, the way the wall trim is where it's this this reflective gold double bar design going around. It's mostly <laughs> like flat, a, like a and every form. now and then there's like a like a heart rate beep going across it. And it looks like the space <laughs> in between there is just about the size of a comic book. Mm. So if he'd put some kind of... I don't know, L-shaped bracket or something, at least in the bottom, he might be able to line that whole thing up with wall books, more or less, or yeah. something. So Interesting idea. I don't, I don't know if he'd do it, but it, I was like, hey, are you going to do something? And he's like, yeah, we'll figure out something. I'm like, oh, my God, this would be great. So I said, don't get rid of it. That's great 80s decor. Mm, yeah. You can't can't wreck it. Totally agree, Shane. Heck, might, might film an episode of uh, Goldberg's there or something. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's very 80s in there. And, but it looked great. So, yeah, I was I was really glad. I got to hang out for like an hour. Nice. So it was fun. Adam, did you do anything for Free Comic Book Day? I sold Christmas decorations. Oh. Uh, yeah, I was in Stone Harbor. It was our opening weekend down there for oh, the shop. Oh, that's uh, right. It was also the, uh, the day of the annual uh, Stone Harbor Boat Show slash Seafood ah. Festival. Slash seafood festival? Uh, those were the words I spoke. Why yes. wasn't I informed about this? I see food, I eat it. Come yeah, on, the you know Because he does not want you there. Oh, <laughs> I'm sitting right here. You know what? If you'd like, I can invite you back for the Savor September. <laughs> uh, it's the, the, the fall version of the same thing, it, which is actually better stocked and better attended. Oh, can we work that out with the thing with the thing then as well? Oh, sure. Uh, well, no. That, that gets a little trickier. Oh. Well, I, uh, I wanted to have it in, in August this year, but I can invite people back for that, I guess. There's also a big wine-tasting tent, oh. and I know some of our drunky friends uh, would appreciate that. Yum. <laughs> drunky friends! Yes, Corsetto might be willing to make the trip back. For that. So, some sitting in the room would like that. <laughs> wine am good. Mm. Does mm. Carlene feel the same way? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, then, sure. Save her September! All right. <laughs> hey, Murdo's <laughs> Pants is here! <laughs> Give me some crabs! <laughs> Oh, you will get your crabs all right. <laughs> um, Chris, what did you do, if anything, for Free Comic Book Day? Uh, brother, uh, I, I, my, my approach was uh, very unsexy, and I just ordered some FCBD books through my DCB service uh, subscription. And the only ones I've read thus far, of course, were Barrier by uh, Brian K. Vaughan and Marcos Martin, which I, I have read the first two issues now. It's phenomenal. Uh, I don't want to give too much away because you know some listeners may not have read it yet, but Again, Vaughn just – he just writes any genre and writes the hell out of it. So I'm very excited with that. How was it for you not having a free comic book day sale at your shop now that your shop is closed? Because you've had one of those for the last several years. Did you have any withdrawal symptoms? Uh, no, I mean I always enjoyed those sales because they were very comic-oriented. And as, the last one we, the did, one we did last year <laughs> – and you were there, Pants. It was murdered. was was outstanding. It was one of your best ones uh, ever, I think you said. Yeah, it was. So, I mean, 
Yeah, I, I miss that, but I don't miss a lot of other things. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I understand. So, but uh, no, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm moving on in life, and I don't mean that negatively. So I'm just, I'm not, I'm not thinking about that uh, too much. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I got some books through the mail, and I, I'm enjoying the ones that I, I read in terms of FCBD. Okay. Like I said, Barrier. I uh, decided to make a weekend out of it and had a little uh, jaunt. I did a little comic book crawl, if you will. I stopped at Gold Eagle first, uh, headed up to a store in Kutztown. I should have these notes in front, but I don't have my notes. I think it was uh, The Vault up in Kutztown. Oh, that sounds right. It was a uh, comic shop actually sort of right down from the university yeah. there in town. Uh, it was in a very small brownstone-like building. Uh, and they had a lot of recent books, but they had some good back issues. I actually got a couple of old Doom Patrol books oh, for like wow. three bucks a piece from the Silver oh, Age. Wow. wow. Right up my alley there. So I was happy to, you know, give them some business there. Uh, I went to, um, I believe it's the Encounter at the Whitehall Mall, okay. uh, right across yep. street from the um, Lehigh, Valley Mall. Lehigh Valley Mall in Allentown. That's usually a good store, too. It is a good store. And uh, Jose Garcia Lopez was there signing. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Because uh, that was the just after the release of the uh, DC Nation number zero, where yep. he uh, illustrated the Bendis um, written Superman story in wow. that that issue. Wow. So does he live in Pennsylvania? You know, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know how they wrangled him there, but that was a huh. pretty good get. <laughs> yeah, right. Extremely good. Now they had some of his artwork there as well from over the years. I think it was a collector friend of his. I mean, not necessarily for sale, but I saw like a real big splash page from like John Hex number two. Batman Hulky had his pages from there from the 70s. Some DC Comic Presents number one oh. and number two with the Flash and Superman. Wow. Like, oh! But I believe that was a collector's uh, friend of his. I was like, because yeah. I didn't want to be that guy. Oh, how much is this? Because I, I, I couldn't afford it anyway. Uh, but so that was cool. Uh, I hit, like, I think one or more stores um, between there and New Jersey, like in uh, Bethlehem, I think. I think too great. But I ended up at Zap Comics. Uh, they have two locations in New Jersey, one in Wayne, one in Manopan. Is that how I say that, Chris? Does that sound right? Uh, I think it's either there in Freehold in that general area, no, yeah. So Man- Manal- you mean Manalapan. Manalapan. You didn't disappoint me. I, I love it. <laughs> I'm uh, here for you, man. I appreciate that. And because they had a half-off sale, oh. just about everything. Wow. So I may have spent some uh, money there. And also our friend Dave Ryan was there. Oh, he was nice. doing sketches. Uh, on a like like sketch cover and everything, I got to chat with him for a while. It was awesome to see him again. Him, of course, of War of the Independence, right? Red Anvil comics. Yep, yep. As I, I got a whole bunch of um, recent issues I didn't get from Rebirth, Batman's, Detective, Superman's. Uh, I think I got. I did have a couple more Doom Patrols there as well. Oh, wow. Look what have it. Uh, so I spent some good money there. And my plan was then to meet up Saturday night uh, with our friends of Bill Ellis and Danny O'Brien at yeah. their place. So uh, Danny cooked for, for, for us. I was like, well, yeah, so we had some burgers. It was very nice. Did you get to meet uh, Dinah Schmooshface? I did get to meet Dinah Schmooshface, their new cat. And, I, and she pointed out to me, uh, Danny did. I, I forgot. Of course, they have the one cat, Gordon. Yep. I mean, it's, it's a male, but it could be either Commissioner Gordon or, or even Bruce Gordon. Right. Oh. Hero and villain and one nice. cat. <laughs> But I see I'm going through with the, with the Gotham theme because the other cat is Selena, and now Dinah with you know yeah, so that was nice. And we had a rousing game of DC deck builder, one by uh, Bill because I made the mistake of I had bought a couple of um, the Vixen promo cards uh, from BoardGameGeek.com and, and gave them to him as, as a little gift. And of course he chose Vixen who was. I think quite powerful, and it's probably he says I think she's she, you know 
beat us rather handily. <laughs> so that was good. And then I stayed overnight, and then the next morning, Sunday, made my way into New York, New York, the town so nice, they hit it twice, for the New York City, the initial New York City Comic Art Expo. Hotel Pennsylvania across from Madison Square Garden. There's been comic art cons, uh, called that comic art con, in uh, northern New Jersey, like Secaucus, for the last several years I've gone to, yeah. where it's just <clears throat> comic book dealers, comic, I'm sorry, comic book art dealers mm-hmm. showing art. All It's uh, just for art. And there's a couple of artists there. But this is the first time they had uh, a, a new group had their own show in, in New York City. And um, Neil Adams was set up there. Michael Golden, Tom Palmer was set up there. Wow! I saw uh, Buzz. I saw Buzz uh, at uh, Neil God, Adams' I table. Seen Buzz in years. Yep. And it had a lot. And it was like I was in. I'm in heaven. Look at all this room filled with comic book art. And I've, I've been going to the New Jersey show maybe once every two years. Uh, didn't really buy anything, but I actually managed. Managed. I actually bought a couple things at at the show. Now I've mentioned on the show. Once or twice, and it's not required uh, that you know this, but uh, do you know, Adam, you might know this, that in the 70s when I was getting comics in the early 80s, I had a small collection of DC and Marvel books in my dresser drawer. And then in the early 80s, like 82, I traded them into Bogota Comics for $10 store credit and got a Mike Schmidt baseball card. Yep. So I never don't want comics. But I kept one comic. I don't know why I kept it, but what was that one comic I kept? I forget which one. I believe it was DC Comics Presents Annual Number 1. It was, yes. Which present, which uh, introduced for the first time, Alex Luther, Alexei Luther of Earth Three. Well, no, it, it is Alex. It's not it is Al- Alex. Not Alexei. Yeah, that, that that's Luther of Earth Two's first name. Right. Alex Luther of Earth Three turns out to be the hero of that mm-hmm. Earth, and there's a it's a great story um, written by Marv Wolfman, illustrated by Rich Buckler, and inked by a uh, Dave Hunt. And I've always thought, about, oh, we could get some artwork from that issue. I've seen a page or two at uh, dealers' uh, sites, at cons, and it was kind of expensive and not like a page that was in my prime. Then on eBay, before the show, I saw a couple pages online. It's like, from the back, like, oh, my God. I got outbid every single one of them. Went to the con, and there was a gentleman there named Lee Banaka who had one of those pages there. And I was talking to him, and actually he was helping out the estate of Dave Hunt. Dave Hunt passed away in March of 2017. Okay. And uh, Mr. Panaka actually had um, written a book um, called, let me get the title of it right here, um, Dave Hunt, an Artist's Life, um, where he talks, I'll even read you a brief uh, from Amazon here. For over 30 years... The sharp and distinctive inking of Dave Hunt appeared in best-selling comics featuring a wide variety of popular characters. From The Amazing Spider-Man to Superman, the Transformer to Scooby-Doo, Dave's firm and glossy lines have enhanced the art of numerous comic art icons, including Ross Andrew, Sal Buscema, John Byrne, Gene Colan, George Perez, Kurt Schaffenberger, and Kurt Swan. So this was a, a book written with the complete cooperation of Dave Hunt and his estate. So actually those pages on eBay were sold by Dave's estate. And I got a page um, actually in the middle of the sequence that was I missed on eBay yeah. from, from Lee Banaka. So it came right from Dave Hunt's collection state. So that actually also gives some provenance. That sure. it, it proves where it came from. Mm, yeah. So I have page 35 of DC Comics Presents Angle Number 1. The only comic book I ever kept. I posted this on my Instagram, but I'll show you guys there. It's a nice six-panel page. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, Chris, you, you can't see it, but I'll show it to you at some point, Chris. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Um, with both Superman of Earth 1 and Earth 2, yeah. there's a very nice shot in panel 4 of the Earth 1 Lex Luthor and the old, uh, I mean, you can't, it's not color, but the old uh, yes. purple battle suit. Mm-hmm. Alex Luthor is up in the upper corner there, so I, that's really cool. So the one book that I got to keep, I got the art from, and it was reasonably priced. <laughs> Um, so, but you can find some reasonably priced artwork at, 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 at these shows here. And multiple Earths in the last panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the, the price in the back was not $25. <laughs> no, no, I was looking. I always like reading the copyrights. Yeah, yeah. 1982. And I did uh, get another <clears throat> panel page when I was there. I was looking through some other pages. Um, Joe Giella's family, um, Joe is still alive. Uh, he's, they have a lot of his artwork for sale. They're also art uh, collectors as well. And I was looking through his pages. And I came across this page from Teen Titans number 50, drawn, illustrated by Don Heck, Wow! Ugh. inked by Joe Giella. It's page 11, and take a look at that, you guys, and tell me if that means anything to you at all. As they're looking over, because it has all the word balloons and the editor's boxes on it there. Oh, I love that. Hmm. I think I have that issue. Any reason, any significance you can see to that? Is that why you would want it? Yeah. Yeah. Batgirl. Which Batgirl? Yeah, it's the Betty Kane. Betty Kane. The uh, Bat-Girl. Girl. Right. Yeah. The Golden Age. That page is her first appearance in a comic book since 1964. Wow. That's from 1977. Wow. That was when she came back That's to the awesome. Teen Titans. And it, it's, it shows her putting her costume on. Yeah. You see Hank Hall in it. And the dialogue between Hank Hall and Batgirl... Batgirl explains, now read that panel, something about that, that the other Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, is older than Betty Kane. The first panel? Well, no, the, down in, I think, like the fourth panel. Oh, okay. Read, read, read the dialogue. Read your dialogue, Shane. Batgirl, Batgirl's the handle, but don't bother to introduce yourself, Hawk. You're Batgirl? Come off it. The real Batgirl is older, has a different costume, and red hair. Wow. So, my question to you, Adam, is continuity, if you, if you know it. I thought that she was... Older than Barbara Gordon, yeah, that's I, I should say. I would have thought Barbara Gordon was younger. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she appeared before Barbara Gordon did, but I think uh, Barbara was pretty much an autonomous adult okay. when she first uh, donned the costume. But she uh, mentions here that she was in retirement yeah. um, for so long. And, and, and she'd probably gone on to become a, like, a congresswoman by that time. Yeah. Barbara Gordon, that Barbara is. Gordon, yeah, yeah. But uh, Betty Kane was uh, in retirement. And it's, it's funny, in that first panel, Adam, uh, read the uh, the editor's box there for me from, like, from Julie Schwartz. Thrilled. That's neat. Aunt Kathy Kane, alias Batwoman, who reappeared in Batman Family Number 10, Betty made her debut as the original Batgirl in Batman Number 139. Signed, Julie. The reference Batman Family Number 10, where Batwoman yeah. reappears, yep. have a page from that book <laughs> by Dave Brown. Now, I'll tell you how much I paid for that. Don Heck... Joe GL Art, uh, that, that's the pedigree. It, it came from his family, so I know it's, it's legitimate. $200. Wow. 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 Congratulations, Pansy. Once again, I, I mean this in a non-creepy way. You have the touch, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you got the power. Yeah. <laughs> that's another Transformer. Yeah. So anyway, it was, it was a fun time at the Comic Art Con. And, you know, there is a niche to this, but uh, you can really find some. I found a nice bargain at a $200 page there from 1977. Don Heck. My God, it's gorgeous. And I'll, I'll send you the scans then, Chris. Maybe oh, I'd love to I see might, might post them on the, uh, on the comic forums. 
I got a couple of shout outs to some books I'm reading, if you guys don't mind. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, I want to ask you, Chris, about. Sure. Um, oh, my God, I've drawn a blank. The R book with um, Brian K. Vaughn. Barrier? Why did I say R book? Barrier. <laughs> it does have three R's in it. Yeah, it does have three R's in it. So, I tried reading uh, the free comic book day issue. Yes. And I, I've just been generally bummed out on comics. So it's tough for me to get motivated to read comics right now. So I, but I gave that one a try. And I got to a point early in the issue where, and this is, this is I don't blame him for doing this, but the characters started speaking Spanish together. Yes. Yep. And there was no translation for it. Well, see, that's the language barrier. It's one of the central Ah, features. okay. Because I, I said, oh, man, I got to put this down because I didn't have the time to go look up the translation. Now, I, I know they've done it in books in the past. Also, I remember, like, there was also books you had to, like, look up the interlac yep. dialogue. So, I <laughs> yep. mean, I, I get that from not yeah, having the English. Break out your secret decoder card. Right, from not having the English translation. But uh, I just didn't have the time. So, but I, if I get past that, Chris, it's, it's still, it, it, I should get, get over that then? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I, like Murd said, clearly that was part of the, the theme of the whole book the premise but um the art is so outstanding that you can even because i i i know a few basic basic words and sentences in spanish and that's it but um the art is so well done that you can you really uh, can kind of understand what they're saying to each other just by the body language uh from panel to panel yeah i got a Uh, little bit of that but i was like i was in i was in a foul mood to begin with so i said i probably shouldn't have read that at the time well yeah (laughs) if if you're in a foul mood then yeah you may want to put that on the nightstand for another time but um but I definitely gotta... it, 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 it's like I said. It, it's it's one of the great masters. I mean, Merge just spoke recently when he he read uh, Private Eye. I know how much he enjoyed that. Um, so I, I recommend everybody. I mean, if, if you just want to again want to see one of the great living masters executing a comic, you know, get Barry. It's Brian K. Vaughan and Marcos Martin. So loved it. Um, I want to rave about another new book that just came out, if I may. Yes, you may. Um, isn't he swell, gang? <laughs> uh, so this is from Image, uh, and this is a writer I always like to talk up when he does something new, which is Kyle Higgins. And this is called The Dead Hand. Uh, wonderful artwork by uh, Stephen Mooney, uh, colorist Jordi Belair, and letterer uh, Clayton Cowles. So, Shane, I think you would dig this too. This this is – I think you all would, but I mentioned you, Shane, because – this is this, the base. Of the premise of this book is okay. It's the cold. It's like the waning days of the Cold War. Okay. And what if an American black ops agent was influenced from childhood by the idea of being Captain America? So it kind of takes this notion of this young kid who grew up like in the sixties, the seventies, watching the Batman television show. They kind of got away with copyright stuff here. Like wow. they mentioned Captain America, and they show a TV screen. It's clearly supposed to be Batman and Robin. Um, and just how that kind of motivates him to join the military, and then he ends up in this, you know, this black ops unit, mm-hmm. and gripping artwork, and and I, it ends on a wonderful twist that will so draw you into the next issue. So I'm not going to spoil that for people who have not read it yet. But um, I love a good Cold War thriller, and Higgins is definitely taking a really interesting take. Like it's a very interesting perspective on that. On that classic motif, and he's kind of throwing in the whole idea of, of, of a guy who is inspired by his childhood fantasies, becomes a soldier, and then he goes down this very uh, sort of muddled path, shall we say? And then he ends up in a place more in the present day where it it throws you totally for a loop. 
Um, and I'm being vague on purpose, but Kyle Higgins is a writer I think just never gets the, the, the attention he deserves. Um, everything that guy's written that I've read, his Nightwing stuff, The Magnificent Cal, um, Hadrian's Wall, now this, uh, this is top flight stuff. Hmm. So I, I highly recommend The Dead Hand number one. I also wanted to shout out, I've shouted it out before, but I just read the, the most two recent issues. The Ursus Planet of the Apes miniseries from Boom mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Uh, David Walker again, who I also always like to praise. Uh, now, we all remember General Ursus from Beneath the Planet of the Apes, right? Yeah. All right. So, like he was really cool gorilla with the battle helmet. You know, he's like the rabble-rousing demagogue. Yep. And he's killed at the end of the movie, and that's it. He's, 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 he's like – when you're a kid, he's like, oh, look at that gorilla. That's so cool. And then he dies. Um this miniseries totally fleshes out his whole life, <laughs> and it takes you – like puts you like how he got to where he is at, at, in the Beneath the Planet of the Apes. It explores his, his, his origins, the politics of, of, of Ape City, his relationship with Dr. Zaius, which goes back many years. It's in the running for my miniseries of the year wow. already. Wow. It, it's – I highly recommend – if you're a Planet of the Apes fan especially – Definitely check out Ursus. If you can't get the singles, then just you know, wait for the trade, but wonderful. Another thing I want to sh- shout out to you guys because, again, I'm always late to the party when it comes to this. I, f- I just read Batman War of Jokes and Riddles. I finished that story. Okay. God damn! <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> God damn! Tom King! I- I'm like – I'm hitting my table now with my fist like a 19th century <laughs> affirmation like in class. But Tom King! Oh, what would you guys think of that story? I love their I cameos. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, the story was great. I I I had like oh god I don't I don't know fifteen issues or so backed up of Batman and that was part of it. And I sat down one night, one weekend, whatever, and I plowed through all of them. Just phenomenal. Kite man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It was the only remark I was going to make actually. <laughs> well, yeah. just just the, yeah. I mean, just the way. He used Kite Man, which was brilliant. <laughs> See, again, what I love about Tom King as a writer is that, because you know, we, we all know him to varying degrees and have met him in real life, is that he's such a fan of the characters he's working with. Mm-hmm. And that so comes through in his writing, but he's such an outstanding writer that it's not like just like silly fan fiction. Like, this is a top flight writer, one of the best in the business now, without question, in my, in my humble opinion. And but the love for what he's working on it just seeps through every page. Yeah. Um, like the fact that he, he he brings in a character like Kite Man, does something so in, interesting with him, makes him like the fulcrum of that whole story. Uh, the fulcrum, basically. excellent. <laughs> you know, I just you know, there's one of the things I look forward to when we do these recordings. Pants is just what's going to come out of your mouth in an episode, man. <laughs> Uh, just just tremendous. I usually edit it out, but I think I'll leave that one. Uh, I, I got to get a hug from you next time I see you. Anyway, well, so you have to talk, talk to my manager about that. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll put I'll put on gloves. Don't worry. Oh, it uh, goes without saying. But um, yeah, I, I gentlemen, I, I'm like anything Tom King writes. I, I'm automatically excited. I'm looking forward to my library in the next because I think the fifth trade is has, has come come out of, of his of his run on Batman. Uh. And I've I've ordered the next several issues, like of the whole wedding and all that, so I can kind of catch up and be current. But I, I, I mean, Shane, I haven't been this excited to read Batman in years. Oh, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, as much as I enjoy the Scott Snyder stuff, although I thought with with Zero Year just it just went off the tracks and was interminable. I agree with that. Uh, but this to me is like this this is like a we're just experiencing a classic run of Batman. Yeah. 
And like I mentioned on a previous episode, I can't wait for the omnibus for that. Uh, I mean, Pants, didn't he, didn't he commit to 100 issues? Didn't you say that? Yes, that's what he told us, yes. Yeah. Okay, so we were about halfway through. Mm-hmm. But, oh, what a journey. Like, he just... He just so like, – like when he did the vision, he just so knows the history of the characters he's working with, and he's so reverent towards it. it, it it's so refreshing. And Murd, I wanted to ask you because I, I, I have very little knowledge. What is like the basic origin of Kite Man essentially? <laughs> he's had very little uh, background uh, revealed about him over the past 50 years or I guess more like <laughs> 60 years since he was created. Originally, he was just like this hotshot aviator who bragged that he could fly anything. And so he d- decided to – you know, show what a skilled pilot he was, and also what a, a dreadnought uh, uh, would-be criminal he was by uh, starting a, a career of, in crime based around kites. Uh, there was one, uh, one one issue of Hawkman from the eighties, and um, Hawkman number, number four, four, yes, which um, I happen to own two consecutive pages from, which was <laughs> which was inked by Don Heck. Uh, the title of the epi- of the issue is. Do you know what it is, Murd? If I told you it had a Beatles reference in it, what would that mean to you? Knowing, uh, knowing Kite Man's in it, being for the benefit of Mr. Kite. For the benefit of Mr. Kite, yes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's yeah. written by Tony Isabella, I yep, think. Uh, penciled by Richard Howell, inked by Don Hick, and I have two consecutive pages with Kite Man in it, batting the Hawks, and he mentions about Golden. Eagle, which of course is a local comic book store, and there was a character in right, right, as if who was in the the Titans West, and uh, just a, kind of got uh, deeply enmeshed in uh, the kind of uh, Hawkman continuity. Eventually, it was revealed that he was the son of a Thanagarian spy, and yada yada. But anyway, yeah, Kite Man was in that issue too, Chris, and I, it, it is in one of my shopping lists to find a copy of that issue because it does delve into Kite Man's childhood a little bit. Man, I tell you, I got a segue for that in a minute. If you're, if you're done there, Chris, or if you want to keep going, you can keep going. Thanks, honey, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just – Murd, thank you for that because the way they use the character in the, in the story and, and the, the, the scenes – Shane, how about the scenes with his son? Oh, my oh. God. Oh. That was, that was devastating. Mm, yeah. Did you mention his, his, his actual name? Uh, Charlie Brown, <laughs> as in Charlie Brown, the kite flyer versus the kite-eating tree. Yeah, so yeah, Tom King is the best friend Kite Man has ever had without <laughs> yeah, a question. Yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> yeah, clearly. I couldn't believe um, when I read that issue. I also wanted to shout out, uh, just segueing with Batman, anybody reading the Deathstroke Batman crossover and Deathstroke right now? I am uh, not. No, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's Christopher Priest writing Batman and Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right there, that's, that's, that's exciting for me. But this is an immensely entertaining story where the, where the whole crux of the story is he's cast Damien's parentage in doubt, and we're not sure now if it's Bruce or um, – excuse me <clears> – <throat> Deathstroke, who was the father of Damien. So, really, again, it's priest, so it's great political intrigue, and it's just he has these two, you know, master combatments going at it, you know, both in terms of strategy and physical prowess, and that's immensely fun. I, I highly recommend that. And let, let it always be said that I'm always, again, always late to the party. Um, I haven't made it just briefly on other shows. I wanted to give another shout out because, you know, we're right now we're celebrating Superman's 1000th issue in Action Comics. Has anybody read Superman, The High-Flung History of America's Most Enduring Hero by Larry Tai? No. No. no I, I'm not even sure I'm familiar with that. Okay, it came out in 2012. So funny thing here, Pants, is that I'm sure I order this 
from Diamond in 2012, mm-hmm. and then it went into a pile, and I just started reading it just you know the past few months. It's a quick read. So you're saying a, you have a, a pile from a few years ago you're pulling from reading books from? Who does that sound like to you? Every one of us in yes. this room. <laughs> but we have, we, we have to make it clear, though, that mine is, is a little more than a knoll, whereas, you know, Murd's is, is the akin to, to the Himalayas, so we have to bear that in mind. <laughs> Mine's the little farts that you walk through from the knoll to the Himalayas. A mighty peak. <laughs> yeah. We're having fun but, tonight, uh, boys and girls. Of course. But I recommend this to everybody, both you guys and listeners, because it's, it's a wonderful sort of overview of Superman's entire history. I'm sorry. Not just the, you say oratory? Overview. 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 Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, of Superman's entire history, not just the comic, but also the multimedia, mm-hmm. you know, the Siegel-Schuster controversies. Uh, it's really – it's it's a really fun read. Um, and what I – Pants, you'll especially preach this. I didn't know a lot about all the history behind the George Reeves show and, you know, his death. I mean I mm-hmm. knew a little bit about that, but they really go into that in this book. It's just—it's a fascinating story. I made me want to watch Hollywoodland, which I've never seen. You've, oh, that's a—that's very interesting. Yeah, I yeah. haven't watched that either. Really? Yeah, not Hollywoodland. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. It's—it's a very interesting, <laughs> very interesting. So the, the book, because I know past that much fan you are of you know old school television. Absolutely. So they really go—they really go into that quite a bit, and just the whole history of that show and the radio programs. It's—it's—it's a—it's a well done, very accessible history of Superman. I recommend. And my my last shout out, and again. Very late to the party, um, but this is in Jamie D's honor. So just a few months ago, again from that fabled Noel pants, <laughs> I finally read the Fifth Beetle. <laughs> oh, I have that. I haven't read it either yet. Vivek J. Tuwari. Yeah, art by Andrew and he, C. Roberts and Kyle yep. Baker. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, this is. I, I read that they may make this into a television show. Yep. Um, First of all, again, if, if listeners are familiar, it's all about Brian Epstein, who was the guy who founded the found the Beatles in the Cavern Club, and you know offered to manage them, and you know kind of gave them their whole direction with their look and, and their whole approach in terms of their image. And um, this is all about. It, there, there are some fantastic elements of the story. They, they, they you know they they have some elements of it that are you know sort of mystical and supernatural. Um, but it's, it's about his whole life and, and, and what he he dealt with both before before becoming the manager of the Beatles and the, the challenges of being the manager and how it affected him. It's it's one of the most compelling OGNs I've read in recent years. And again, I'm very late with this, but and the artwork is just oh, stunning. Beautiful, you're not kidding. Oh, oh, and the way they capture different uh, sort of when when they had the Beatles in the Philippines, that's when they were chased out of the country. They had a totally different art style for with that. The, the Marcoses. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, like if, if you love, if you, if you love, love, love a good OGN, or let's say, let's say you have a loved one who loves the Beatles, but they're not in the comics. Give them this because, yeah. and I, I hope they do get this onto the screen because I think it, it really let, would lend itself to a wonderful film or, or miniseries on, on like a high end cable channel or something like that or Netflix. So, God, I'm so glad I finally took the time to read this. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie D. Uh, if I can touch on a couple of things you, you brought up uh, there, Chris. Please, please. Um, if you're not following Tom King on Twitter, you probably should because he's always tweeting out wonderful things. He tweeted a couple of pictures of like old, oh old comic books like Batman. I think one, the wedding of Batman and Batwoman, he tweeted out. Yeah. and said, hmm. He tweeted out the cover to one of – actually, he tweeted out the comic of one of his original own comics that he took to camp that his mother wrote his name on, a Captain <laughs> America comic. Uh. So that's, that's awesome. And with this past weekend having the royal wedding, it was fun watching all my comic book fans put on their feeds like, 
this is the only wedding I want to see, and they either put out Kitty Pride and Colossus yeah, or right. Batman and Catwoman. Batman and right. Catwoman. Ryan Drost, I think, did that yeah. in particular. So I like that. I like I like when he teases about coming up soon in Batman, and it's a little snap of artwork or something. Or he shows like action figures of like Batman, uh-huh. Booster Gold yeah. fighting or the, lying uh. around. There. It's just it's awesome. Um, now, getting back to your comment a while ago, Adam, about trying to find a copy of Hawkman number four. Maybe you can find that upcoming at the Heroes Con convention. We're still going to, as far as I can tell. <laughs> I'm sure there will be several copies of Hawkman number four Father's, to be had. Father, now, don't get the one from the Silver Age. That's the first of ten. That's a little pricey book mm, there. Yeah, yeah, not to worry. Although she does appear in the 86 version as a nice little callback there. <laughs> Happy um, to hear it. But as but, far as I know, I'm still – I came fairly close to not being able to go, actually. Just oh, no. Week. Uh, yeah, my father needs to have carpal tunnel uh, surgery oh. done. Oh, yeah, this uh, he, he had funny. it done in March, and apparently it didn't take. So we need oh. to make a second appointment. Oh. And I'm they, sorry to hear that. They came very close to making it for that same weekend, but uh, he was good enough to call me first to make sure I was I would be available to cover for him. And as it turns out, the answer was no, and so we just made it for the, the week after. Oh, so we're still on. The but, more the merrier, as the Pantsmobile Mark III travels down the highways and byways to Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> For Heroes Con of uh, the June fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth, that hopefully will get me jazzed back up again for comics because it's it's an artist's, a creator's convention, and back issue dealers and great panels. Looking forward to that. Some of the guests who are going to be attending down there, please hold your oohs and ahs at the very end if you can, Chris. What are appetites? Bob Almond, Roger Antonio of Backer on the Birds of Prey. Uh, Daryl Banks, Jeremy Bastion, my goodness here, Pat Broderick, Buzz will be heading down there. Looking forward to seeing Buzz again. Michael Cho, who does these great variant covers for Batwoman, did a lot of the covers for like the Silver Age um, reprints of like Justice League and Suicide Squad and World's Finest. Fantastic, very. Um, Darwin Cook-ish, if I may even use that as a comparison, in my humble opinion. Uh, Evan Dorkin <laughs> from Milk and Cheese. Uh, who else we got here? Dave Dorman from Star Wars. Michael Yuri will be there Friday and Saturday. Um, Matt Fraction. Jose Garcia Lopez. Uh, Francesco Francavilla. Villa. Villa, I'm sorry. Yes. Franco of the Art and Franco. Michael Golden. Cully Hamner, Tony Harris, Klaus Jansen, who we saw speak a few years ago at the Inkwell Awards, who was a great speaker. Not to mention great talent in his own right. Uh, Joel Jones, Matt Kent, Jason Latour, Chris. Uh. <laughs> Carrie Nord, who's been mentioned on the show several times in the past. Kevin Nolan, who, oh my, wow. Kevin Nolan, I just saw that. Oh, I love his work. I haven't seen that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to just pause there. I, 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 I told yeah. Mike ooing and on until the end. Really? Oh, man. Speaking of ooing and on, Jerry Ordway. Wow. Has he been going to Heroes Con very much recently? He or? has, actually, yes. Um, Bob McLeod, uh, Rudy Nebrez, uh, Tom Palmer, um, David Peterson, Andrew Robinson, uh, Don Rosa, Mike Royer. Hmm. The worked a lot of over over Kirby, uh, Evan Doc Shaner, man Tim Sale, Declan Shavley, uh, oh my gosh Brian Stelfreeze, who is just he's always swapped because again he's an artist artist everyone comes and watches him draw, uh, Jim Steranko, Babs Tar, 
Roy Thomas. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be oh. another Thomas Ordway panel, do you suppose? I certainly hope so. If there, I'm going to be right there in that front I, row if I can help it. I have yet to see one, and I want to. Oh, my God. And Lee Weeks. Jeez, Louise. Wow. Hey, there's well, – I'm not sure there's a room in the, in the pants will be all crisp, but uh, <laughs> I know it's Father's Day weekend, Shane. And, <laughs> I know. But uh, yeah. just, a, just a great – Oh, I can't pants because that's right when final exams are happening with school, so I have to stay uh, close to home for all that crap. School schmool. That's my <laughs> motto. It's like work, work. Would you say work? And I'm pretty positive we will see Eric Nolan Webbington there of Tomorrow's Publishing because they're always set up there. And yep, so they are. He might even have some of his family in tow. Anything else? We want to talk some Deadpool tool. Well, I did it again. <laughs> Damn it! Before we talk about the tool, um, <laughs> I so I, I said last time I was on, which seems like an eternity, um, or somewhere before that, I was reading, trying to read through Starman again, which I'm still trying to work uh. through. I'm trying to get caught up on Justice League for this whole revamp that's going to happen again. Um, I read the first issue of SIP, and then don't abbreviate. Strangers in Paradise. Thank you. Then I, <laughs> then I got Jeez. the next two, and then I sat down and read all three of them together, so that was a pleasure. But in between waiting from issue one to come, that I had to issue two coming out, I picked the first volume of that up, and I started to read through that, too, and have these various things placed around the room. So Is, that, Isn't that awesome, though, the history he's pulling? Oh, my God. He's pulling from his own history when yeah. he's writing this new stuff? Yeah. Oh. Still yep. looks yep. absolutely oh. gorgeous. I'm sorry. I'm winging on again. But uh, yeah, that's so that's exciting. Um, haven't I, I was doing really good at, at going up and reading at least a book a night, and I See, I got away from that a little bit I, I, I the am, last couple of weeks. I am so undisciplined. No, well, uh, but also, also undisciplined. I should be doing yeah. that because I'm just it. Well, it's hard with that, with everything it. going on. It's hard. I get up yeah. there to do it, and I sit there check my email, and then all of a sudden it's like ten thirty, and I'm thinking. Eh, and then I just watch a movie or something and go to sleep. Um, but before the last couple of weeks where it was so busy, and, and it should be freeing up again, um, it was easier to just go up, read an issue or two of something, do whatever else I was doing, then go to bed. But, yeah, the last couple of weeks I haven't been so disciplined at that. But still trying to get caught up. I'm trying to <laughs> – I have – so I get mostly – most of what I get from Marvel's just the Star Wars books anymore, mm-hmm. for right now anyway. Uh-huh. And then – when you get certain DC books, you get a digital code just like I do on the Star Wars books. I have a backlog. It's got to be like a foot high of digital codes to download. So at some point, <laughs> I'll go racing through those to get them in before they start expiring. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just trying to get caught up on things. I did read Action 1000, and I did get that hardback. I think I don't know if you ordered it or not, the 80-year... Action comics. Yeah, I, I ordered. I've I, I thumbed through it. Yeah, I did too. Um, I didn't. I read the first, of course, Action Comics number one. Read through that a little bit, but uh, that was a very nice presentation. Very nice book. But uh, one of the great things is, and actually, I was at a friend's house who had that, and he read to me the uh, Marv Wolfman introduction. To, I didn't do that yet. To the story that he literally saved. It's a fantastic story. I've heard so many. It's a heartbreaking story. When you think of what else wasn't saved. Mm-hmm. But it's a great story. Just reading that that prose piece, his introduction is, is worth uh, worth it, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's a good book. All right. So Deadpool two, Deadpool <laughs> two came out last weekend. It's a tool. We've all seen it. We're going to discuss it now, and eh, we'll see. I'll go to the spoilers and so forth. I'll just say that 
I saw it twice. And even on the second viewing, there are just certain parts. I don't know if you know about this about me, guys, but I love to laugh. <laughs> love and loud and clear. And I just let it go. <laughs> and even on the second viewing, I'm laughing so hard, I got people turning around to look at me. And I'm, so, I'm, I'm just enjoying myself. It's just, probably thinking, shut the hell up. <laughs> no, but it's just so You should have. It's a comedy. <laughs> I was just laughing my ass off, especially the whole thing with um, the X-Force when they – Met their demise, oh shall we say. I was, I, I was dying. Oh yes. no, the Vanisher oh reappeared, and, uh, I, and and I caught it when he when he appeared. I'm like, wait a minute, that's was Brad, that Brad, Brad Pitt? Pitt, and that was Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, son I, of a I bitch. caught it. He was. I'm, I'm not the best at facial recognition. Sometimes to me, it was just some guy with a beard. But the people no. around me were saying Brad Pitt. As soon as that yeah, came yeah, out, I'm yeah. like, wait a minute. And the guy I was with, he looked he's like was that Brad Pitt. I'm like, yeah, that was Brad Pitt. <laughs> and the dialogue in the in the car chase. Where uh, you hear Deadpool talking and he's mentioning and he goes, and the guy can't draw feet. Oh, my yeah. I, I lost yeah. it at that point. And I don't know that most of the audience I was with got <laughs> no, that. No, no. So most audiences, most places didn't get that. That was, oh that was what I'm hearing. That was for us. Okay, so, yes, it was. So Deadpool is not my favorite character at all. I can't stand – I almost cannot stand to read a Deadpool comic. I never, I never have. I love the movies. They're hilarious. I didn't go see the first one in the theater. I waited till it came out. What the out. hell is the matter with you? Because I'm, I'm not a fan of the character. But when I watched it, I loved it. So yes. going to see this movie was no-brainer. <laughs> I also think nobody in the theater I was in understood when Deadpool said to Cable, One-Eyed Willie. In the, the transport battle, like yeah. on, the, on the car carrier. Wow, geez, that's a reference to an 80s movie. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm looking around, <laughs> and I'm laughing, and no one else, I'm like, the hell are these people not understanding about this? Well, Shane, there was—I mean, there was even points where he was, he was rattling off famous comic book issues. Oh yeah, when the when the Juggernaut appeared, like X Men One Eighty Three, well, which is one of my all-time all favorite X Men issues. The Juggernaut appeared. I now, like I said, holy bleep! I mean, the Juggernaut—I had no idea. The Blew the doors thing, off of the Juggernaut appearance in X Men Three. Oh, the only thing I thought that they would have said for Juggernaut, given how the language is in that book, I thought at some point somebody would have said. That's the juggernaut bitch. bitch. right. And I'm like, wait, and I'm waiting, and I'm thinking, well, that's got to be a no-brainer for this. And it never happened. I'm like, oh. Well, two things. First, uh, I, I kind of suspected juggernaut was going to appear the minute they showed Black Tom Cassidy, and I'm glad they followed up on that. I had no idea. But, <laughs> well, they're, well, they're partners in the comics often. Yeah. But all, I, I just have two words to say that sum up my enjoyment of this movie. Baby legs. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, shirt that comic. was so <laughs> gross. Oh. Ryan and I went with Ryan. We nearly wet our pants. <laughs> oh, my God. During that, that That's scene. one of those moments where I kept cringing yet laughing hysterically yes. at how oh gross that God. was. <laughs> I, I wish I couldn't uh, um, blind out, but I wish I couldn't hear any of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, yeah, like like you guys, when, when, when Ryan and I went to see – we were the only people in the theater who laughed when he made the Liefeld joke. Um, but th that's what I so much enjoyed about this film and is just – and Ryan Reynolds, I think, is just outstanding. The way yeah. he has the pattern down throughout, and yeah. I didn't realize he co-wrote the movie too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, what's your guys' just overall takes on it? Oh my god, it was fantastically enjoyable. Um, there were some points where I was like, oh, a drug for me. So, I, if I had to give it, I give like an overall, like maybe a three. Oh really? I thought yeah. it was better than the first one. No, no, no. Mm. Well, see, I saw the first. I saw him back to back in a IMAX feature Thursday night. So, uh, I really huh. dug the first one. The second one mm. was kind of. Because and I didn't realize it at the time, but I see it's now becoming a thing online about the fridging 
Right. Yes, that, that was one of my uh, key quibbles. Go right ahead, then. Uh, well, well, first, before I say anything about that, uh, I, I, one of the, the first thing I was going to ask was whether or not we all thought it was better than the first one. We've got one yes and one no. Chris, what did you think? Um, I thought it was comparable. I, I, I mean, the first one so perfectly captured off the essence of Deadpool. Um, I mean, to me, this is a sequel in the best sense of the word. I just thought it just kept going with what the first one had started. I liked, and I liked the whole what they did with his girlfriend, and I, I thought that you know they were trying to. I don't know if they're trying to balance the humor with some pathos, which you can never fully do with Deadpool because it's just you know he died like six times at the end and all that yeah. silliness. But um, I don't know. They're almost like one movie to me, honestly. I, I enjoyed it as much as the first one. But if you would have told me that towards the end of the movie, I'd be in tears. That whole aha scene with the the slow version of the take on me and uh-huh. the and the reaching thing, I, I was I'm not gonna lie, I was I was I was bawling there. Nope. Okay, crying, not not uh, laughing until you. Oh cried, no no no! I, I was I was seriously bawling there in the in the audience there. Mm. That really hit me. Eh, it didn't hit me in the same place. Well, you're dead inside. I no, suppose that, so. that one didn't hit me in the same. <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> dead inside. Well, then I've got that in common with the film's program. How the hell am I not dead inside? I, I, out, of, out of like what 15, 20 years that I've known you, and this is the one time that no you're, no no I'm that not... we're all dead inside. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a point. I'm sorry. Anyway, go on, Brian. I mean, interrupt. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually vote with you, Brian, in saying that I don't think this one was as good as the first. I mean, I it mean, was good, but not as good. Yeah, right? there seems to be a lot of division of opinion among fans and critics about that, too, whether yeah, or not yeah. this one was better or, or not as and, good. But and, and I gauge that because I laughed more at this one, which is what I wanted. The other one was great. The first one's great. It's action-packed. It's funny. But I laughed harder at this one. Mm. Well, the first one, to me, had more heart and it was a better structured movie. I mean, this one was basically just uh, lots and lots of jokes. Uh, and it's, it, I, I think it fell into some of the potholes that comedy sequels, some or pitfalls that comedy sequels sometimes do. I mean, they, they just looked at uh, the script of the first one and said, okay, let's hit a lot of the same beats we did in the first one, but hit them harder and sloppier. You know, lots and lots of violence and profanity and fourth wall breaking. I mean, they're, they're practically. <laughs> It gets to the point where they're not so much breaking the fourth wall as violating it from behind. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah, they did that. And the fact that the whole thing was hinged on uh, a minor character like Rusty Collins, uh, who, who is from the comics, by the by. He was. Uh, yes, he is. He, he featured in the first arc of the first volume of X Factor all the way back in the 80s. Yep, Rusty Collins, help me out here. Uh, the, the the kid, you know, the heavyset kid with the uh, fire powers. He was the New Zealand kid. Okay, I had no idea that, that was an actual character from the comics. Yes, yes, that that is what I'm telling you. He's a fairly minor one, but he's uh, he's got a long history with the X Men. Help me out. I, I forgot to Google her between movies and actually Yukio comics or not. Uh, Chris, I'm going to throw this one to you because I didn't Google it either. Uh, I was actually. Well, she was adorable, but I was was trying to place her because in the the classic Wolverine miniseries, there's the assassin Yukio. Mm, Right. That Wolverine has sort of an attraction to, but this is clearly a different character. Right, right. Um, So I I have to be frank because I I have been keeping up with the X-Men the past couple of years. Just I, it, it just become too convoluted for me again, and I, I just don't. I, at the moment, I just don't care that much. Um, well, I'm looking forward to reading the Colossus Kitty uh, wedding stuff because I love those characters. But so I'm, I'm not sure who that is, Murder. If, if that's just they just took that name and 
you know, apply it to another character, or it could be someone I just don't, I'm not familiar with from recent years. Yeah, so, I, I'm guessing it's the latter, Chris. She looked like she had a pretty yeah. specific power set and that weapon yeah. she was wielding. That's I, what that, I thought. Too. She probably was lifted from the comics, but like you, Chris, I haven't really kept up with X Men the last several years. And when she suited up, that was awesome. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she, she was adorable. You know, her little interplay with Wade <laughs> every time. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned the the, the refrigeration element. Yes. Um, I mean, this this movie repeatedly, in, in ways good and bad, but mostly bad, reminded me of uh, Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me. I mean, and in general, it was kind of like, it reminded me very much of like a very violent, profane, uh, either Jim Carrey or Michael Myers 90s comedy with X-Men characters in it. And uh, one of the, the the thing that really turned me off about uh, the Austin Powers sequel was that uh, in the opening frames, practically, Austin Powers, who had this nice little happy ending at the end of the first movie, he gets that yanked out from under him, his, uh, his love of his life. Vanessa. Right, uh, Vanessa. You know, Elizabeth Hurley was revealed to be a fembot and then ex- exploded. And uh, I think the original script called for uh, Austin Powers to be sort of wondering, having lost his way, um, and then trying to find it again uh, during in the course of the adventure that he has with Felicity Shagwell in that movie. But uh, I think they decided that would be too big a downer, so instead they just had Austin say, oh, good, I'm single again, baby, all right, yeah, and then just go <laughs> dancing off and get involved in some crazy plot with time travel. And sure enough, in this movie, Deadpool loses the love of his life right out of the starting gate, and he loses his way and sort of wanders for a bit through this sort of incoherent uh, plot. And uh, there's some uh, mess with time travel involved there, too. And uh, not only that, but it's time travel that involves another case of a love interest uh, and, and, and a, a young daughter, too, getting uh, killed. Yeah. So, so, so Cable, that's when how Cable enters into things, and his situation sort of parallels Deadpool's. And at least Cable's uh, motivation in the whole movie is to... Uh, Derefrigerate his wife and daughter, and he is at least successful in that. But yes. yeah, I, 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 as is Deadpool. Yeah, it just yeah. So is Deadpool. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that at least uh, the the actress playing Vanessa got to show up in uh, uh, in ethereal spectral form, uh, as a sort of to, to continue to motivate Deadpool. But I miss her being present and an present. actual force in Deadpool's life. And I really didn't think it was necessary to do away with her that quickly. But she's back now. Well, not. Really? No, she is. Well, I went back in time. Or yeah. like you take into it. Well, wait. A minute, th- th- those are the post-credit scenes, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, are we supposed but, to think that those are canonical, or are they yeah. just, oh, yeah. Yeah. just silly jokes? Oh yeah. No, 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 no. no. They're, I they're mean, they're, they're both. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're both. But she's she's back. Oh yeah. Yeah. As a result of what he had, uh, what's her name in Yukio Yukio and, uh, Fick, and Sonic Teenage Warhead. Warhead. Yeah. yeah. And go back and fixed all the crappy things that Ryan Reynolds I did. wasn't sure that even but counted. Then, but then the last Does that thing mean he also seen? actually went back in time and killed Ryan Reynolds? Yes. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, <laughs> for, you're welcome, Canada. So yeah. the Ryan Reynolds of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is now deceased. Yeah. yeah. Sort of. Fooey. But uh, so is Ryan Reynolds of the DC Universe. Well, something of a relief, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, I just – yeah, that – it kind of left a bad taste. I'm, I'm glad that they went ahead and reversed it. We'll see if uh, she does show up in Deadpool 3. If and, there is such a thing. Uh, yeah. I think th- it seems pretty likely to me there will be. I mean, it, it, it broke more records. It sure uh, did. Th- th- this second one did, and it's pr- premier weekend. See, and, and, and part of it is you ask me this six months from now, I might flip and say first one's better. But right now, all I wanted was to laugh my ass off, and mm. I did. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I was that, that was going to be my final comment. Let's say a couple other things here. Uh, Josh Brolin as Cable. 
terrific. Mm-hmm. I mean, he uh, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's a better cable than he is a Thanos, if you ask me. Um, I disagree with that. I thought uh, well, the way they wrote his character. Well, I mean, the backstory for his character, not not the way that they wrote his dialogue. He was he made a great cable. They wrote a great cable, but. Uh, th- the fact that he comes back in time not to save the world from the rise of apocalypse, but to save his wife and daughter from getting burned to death, just it seemed to sort of diminish the character for me. And I don't just mean because Josh Brolin is shorter than the character <laughs> is in the comics. And, and that Which last they referenced, it. yeah, yeah, he's merely five eleven, you know. And it, <laughs> that last that, that scene near the end where Deadpool and his family of badasses are walking towards the camera, you, you can tell Josh Brolin is actually kind of shorter than yeah. some of the others, although next to the CGI Colossus. Anybody would look short, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Josh Brolin was great in that role. Um, and uh, Zazie Beetz as Domino, very distinctive, very entertaining. Oh, I, I thought she was fantastic. Yeah, I thought she was now, great too. is that the character from the comics with her luck? Is that her powers? Mm, well, yeah, that is her yeah. power. Because so, I was the character looks very different, well, and her, I understood her that, backstory but... is considerably different too. But uh, it's it's hard to get past that. Uh, the Foxy Cleopatra Afro. <laughs> yeah. Just another thing that made me think I was watching an Austin Powers movie, actually. Ah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, so there were a lot of plot holes. There were some questionable creative choices. There were times when the, the, the laughs uh, just got, got a little grating, and it did drag for me at times, Brian, as it did for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, what I cannot deny is that I laughed a whole lot. Oh, man. And so the movie delivered on that level. I mean, it's, I was kind of of two minds there. My lower brain was happy as a pig in slop. My higher brain was a little disappointed. Because I, even though I laughed very much and was very entertained, I do think that the first Deadpool was a stronger, better assembled movie. Yes. But to see, I, to see, oh, sorry, to see a movie twice and laugh both times... You, you got me there. I mean, it's so hard that people are turning around and giving me the skunk eye. Um, and a little tidbit, the scene where Cable comes in and there's two guys talking in the truck. The one guy talking is Matt Damon. I wondered that. I didn't know that. I saw, I saw it twice and I didn't know that. Right over I my saw, head. I saw, and, and that guy's Alan Tudyk from uh, Firefly. Yep. Oh, I saw yes. both of them go through in a credit somewhere, either online. I'm like... Wait a minute. So then I figured it had to be one of those two guys. So all right, that makes sense. Did you guys see the Stan Lee cameo? Yeah. I did not. I, I only saw him the second time when the, um, the, the, the van, the, the convoy is going down the street, and I think Deadpool swings, no, I think Domino swings around her parachute. There's a mural on a building to the right hand side of Stan Lee. Yeah. Oh, I totally missed that. Oh, so it well, wasn't it was Stan Lee live and in person. No, it was, no, it was no. a, a mural. Just a picture. But I didn't, I didn't see it the first time around. I only saw it yeah. the second time around. Hmm. Um,. Ah, oh, shit, just went out of my head something I was going to say. Well, I'll, I'll let you think about it, Shane. So, what I love to – Murda, I like your lower, higher brain uh, <laughs> take on the film because going into, for me, going into this, this was all lower brain. I mean that in the best possible way in that, to me, De- Deadpool is just pure chaos. The character is pure chaos. Um, and, yeah, I think the first movie – I think you're right, was better structured. But for me, this movie, I got exactly what I wanted in this movie. I, I think Ryan Reynolds is spot on with the character. He clearly loves the character, uh, and I love how he got revenge against the, the, the ridiculous Deadpool they had him play in that Wolverine movie from years ago <laughs> oh God, uh, when we went back in time. But the, the, everything that for me is the essence of Deadpool, like the, 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 the anti-hero status, the, the, the ridiculous humor, the constant patter, that all the great in-jokes and fourth world uh, wall breaking and the pop culture references, it was there in abundance – and I was – I had a big grin on my face uh, the entire movie. The cameo of all the X-Men hiding behind the sliding door. Why is it always you guys? 
Is there anybody else here I could talk to? Uh, again, I was dying yeah. in the theater. People were, I, I said, oh my God. Yeah, that's what it was. It was the, the cameo. The, the, and, the and, that, and that reminds me, I have a continuity question for you gentlemen. Um, just out of, you know, fan movie going curiosity. In the X-Men movies, does Deadpool is part of that universe, mm-hmm. at least on the periphery. Um, where is time now? Because I've lost track. You're now – so the next X-Men movie to come out – Is Dark Phoenix saga, right? Is Dark right? Phoenix, and it should be in the 90s. And uh, to tie into that, um, you notice the, the name of the uh, mutant orphan orphanage where uh, uh, young Russell Collins was tortured? Yeah. It was the Essex School. Uh, ethics ah. as in Nathaniel Essex as in Mr. Sinister. Mr. Sinister, Big yeah. Big time X-Men villain who is supposed to be or, or at least so is uh, implied in the, one of the post credit scenes of X-Men yep. Apocalypse in the next X-Men movie. That's yep. right. Because yep. I turned to you at the okay. Sinister. What the hell is that? And we had to Google that and yep. figure that out. Nice. So, for I, I mean, I'm really diving deep here more than I probably should, but just for, out of fun. So, Logan, the wonderful film, which he also referenced with a joke with that like bobblehead device at the beginning. Oh my god, that's um, great. That's way in the future, then, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Way, way. So that that takes place. So at the end of Days of Future Past, you had yes. Logan come back, go to the professor, and say, "I right. think I need to be caught up." Then Logan the movie takes place after that, well after that. Right. Okay. So right now the movies we're dealing with now is the X-Men of the past or because they re- restarted time when he went back because in Days of Future restarted, Past? You're, you're getting – in my <laughs> mind, you're getting what the new continuity is since they fixed everything gotcha. from okay. Days of Future Past. So that's what I thought. The I whole Dark to, Phoenix confirmation. everything that's going to happen forward, we may touch on things that happened in the first literal or whatever, first three X-Men movies may happen again. But some of it will go differently because when Logan comes back to the present in Days of Future Past, you have Gene, you have Scott, you have the professor, you have everything right. the way it should be. So something is different, even if similar events happen for what we know as the first three X-Men movies. Right. Not not incredibly important, just fun. I was just curious. Hmm. Thank yeah. you. Um, freaking swears? I gave it I give it a three. I'd give it a four. I'd give it a three also. Uh I, I'd give it a I'd give it a four. Okay. Uh Chris, do you have are you still with us for a few minutes? You have to have to go. I have to abscond, unfortunately. Okay. I have to bolt myself. Uh, All right. Well, gentlemen, it's always a pleasure to have you. Whenever you can make time. Yeah, you're not. I know kidding. you're busy, very busy. And More so than I now t- I now touch my heart in a Roman salute from one <laughs> legionary to another. <laughs> Nos moritori te salutamos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have done Brothers, that. on that note, I bid you a fond farewell, and we'll talk soon. Okay. See you. All right. All right. Well, now that they've gone, we're going to wrap it up here. Oh, mm-hmm. but first... Uh, <laughs> you did not get the drop on me, my friend. I've been I, waiting for it. I, Crap what I had. Hey, it's so tough to fool you sometimes. But yes, once again, it's time for our trivia segment, Muddle the Murd, where you, if you send in your questions three, once again, you send in your questions three, mm-hmm. you could try and muddle the murd. Because the next one in our queue came from Adam Stabelli. He only sent one question. Huh. So I will have to put that aside, because I don't, I don't look at him ahead of time. So I'll, I'll let him know that, hey, if you want to send two more, we'll mm-hmm. put you back in the queue. Actually, you go right to the top of the queue. 
But because of that, we have to go to the next one in the queue, which happens to come from Dr. Eamon Clark in the UK. Well, now, well, now, well, now. And so, very, very knowledgeable chap is uh, Dr. Eamon Clark. So, you are playing right now for the last batch of original Auric from our first um, batch of stuff. Well, I, I messed it up completely. But anyway, our anonymous <laughs> listener gave us two batches of Auric. This is the last stash from the first batch, which you're playing right now for... A Walt Simonson Batman head sketch. Well, that uh, would grace anyone's collection. And a Zelda Fitzgerald painting from Moritat. Oh, with wow. com- with an authenticity sticker from Cadence Comic Art. Zelda Fitzgerald. You don't often see her represented in no, uh, comics artwork. No, it's a piece. So these could both be yours, Dr. Clark, if... You model the bird. And they're reasonably uh, proportioned, so I won't have to pay uh, too disproportionately high a postal fee, uh, should I have to mail them to the United Kingdom. Okay. He goes, I, he actually emailed this to me, so I put it back to the GeekSpeak email, and it says, Brian, here are three ridiculously easy questions for Adam which should suit his and your interests. I'll be the judge of what's ridiculous around here. <laughs> okay. Question one, DC, pre-1970. In Donovan's 1966 song, Soup Sunshine Superman, which other DC superhero gets name checked? Superman and Green Lantern ain't got nothing on me. All right, enough showing off now with your pipes. I can make like a turtle and uh, for turtles in the sea. <laughs> All right. Question two, Marvel, 1970-2000. Magneto and Titanium Man, by Wings, was on their 1975 album, Venus Venus and and Mars, Mars. which I've had on CD for over 20 years now. Now, the question is, what other Marvel villain appears in the song? And the Crimson Dynamo, you just couldn't cut it no more, you were the Lord. And it, it says here, bonus points for musical rendition. Yay, bonus points. <laughs> Didn't even know I was getting them. <laughs> I just reached out and took them. <laughs> uh, question three. I owe you a debt of thanks, Eamon. This is... <laughs> uh, post-2000 other curses. All the songs about 2000 AD characters were released last century. So instead, I'll ask which Grant Morrison-created superhero, pop star, Return to the pages of the galaxy's greatest comic last year. Hmm. Could you uh, repeat that question, Yeah, I'm please. sorry with my verbiage there. Which Grant Morrison created superhero pop star returned to the pages of the galaxy's greatest comic last year? Of course, 2000 AD. Hmm. Yes, because everything comes back to it. It sure does. Including Grant Morrison's creation here. Um... All right, so we're looking for a Grant Morrison creation that had appeared in 2090 before. That there's one character. Uh, that's, that's, that's a pop star superhero, right? And there's, there can't be that many of those. Um, but there's only one that's coming to mind. I don't know if this character was both superhero and pop star, but it's it's a character I've been curious about. Uh, I'm going to say Zenith. Zenith. Do you know the character's real name? No. It's Robert McDowell, but he doesn't need to know that, says uh, parenthetically Dr. Clark. I know. <laughs> he goes, I expect Adam to nail the first two without breaking sweat, and then he has a good chance at the third, and he sure did. He goes, cheers, Eamon. 
thank you very much, Eamon. So you did not muddle the murder. I think you knew that going in. Mm. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so the art is still up for grabs. So, Adam, I'm going to email you. If you get this in time and get it back to me, I'm going to do this again. You'll be next up in the queue. If not, we still have a few more in the queue, as the kids say. It's very sporting of you to give him another chance. Well, uh, certainly. He's a longtime listener. I believe he's actually local. He is. He is. I ran him into him at Golden Eagle once or twice. And he's a fan of the Electric Light Orchestra. He's just How? uh, He's a good guy. Mm -hmm. It's an all-around good egg. (laughs) All right, anything else before we wrap this uh, epic comic talk up, Mr. Murdo? Um, I did have uh, – I came prepared with one comic recommendation. Ooh, okay. So, and, it, and it sort of ties into Deadpool 2, actually, All right. and, you know, both in my mind and in Marvel Comics' mind. You mean Deadpool Poo? Yes, Deadpool Poo. Deadpool Poo. No, it's, this is something that I'm, I'm pretty sure was greenlit for publication, mainly to get it on shelves in time for the release of Deadpool 2. But there is actually a domino ongoing comic yes, right now. Yes, written by Gail Simone. It is written by Gail Simone, guest starring. Deadpool, who was one of the first characters Gail Simone worked on when she broke through into uh, comics writing. Yep. The first comic uh, that she wrote at Marvel. Um, but yet, yeah, Domino is the star, uh, guest starring a couple of her mercenary pals, including the aforementioned Merc with a Mouth. Uh, Spider-Man shows up. Uh, Captain America's old girlfriend Diamondback is a major supporting character. Uh, the art is by one uh, David Baldeon, uh, whose art was seen in IDW's Micronauts comic uh, some okay. time ago. And I really like his artwork. It's kind of got a splash 90s look to it. It reminds me a little of uh, early Joe Madurera artwork. Joe Mad, okay. Mm-hmm. Joe Mad, except I think uh, Mr. Baldeon is better at uh, meeting deadlines. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it, it's, it's fun. It's freewheeling fun. Uh, it's, uh, I'm very glad that they decided to go with the version of Domino that has existed in the Marvel Universe instead of trying to force the Zazie Beats version down our throats. Um, but uh, those of you who may not know who likes Shane maybe aren't that familiar with uh, Deadpool and his corner of the Marvel Universe but have loved the movies. Me too. Yeah, see, this this is your chance to see what uh, the domino of the comics is like, okay. a, a la, you know, as per uh, Gail Simone, who's one of the best writers in the business. Absolutely. As we know. And so it's it, it, it's it's fun. It, it's fun adventure. It, it, it's fairly loose. And so it's it's it, it jives fairly well with the tone of the comic. It's not quite as fourth wall breaking. Um, and it, there's also kind of an interesting uh, visualization of Domino's powers, you know, luck, which actually is her super. She's got this sort of subconscious ability to manipulate probability fields and make things work out uh, in her advantage. Okay. So it's like uh, this subconscious telekinesis that's constantly probing the surrounding, her surroundings. You know, I I have a vague recollection there's another... DC character like that? Am I thinking of is that Amos Fortune or am I misrepresenting mis- his powers? Um, yeah, so, th- something like that. He was he found out a way to harness uh, stellar radiation or stellaration as he called it, TM, <laughs> uh, to uh, <laughs> filter it through this machine of his and uh, used it uh, to give himself luck and also to produce other effects. It, it, it's what helped to empower him and his Royal Flush Gang. Okay, but yes, yeah, so, so you're not mis- you're not misremembering there. Okay. Also, the black cat in the Marvel Universe had powers something like that, except she created bad luck for her opponents as opposed to good luck for herself. And so Gail Simone has uh, come up with a a way of uh, visualizing this power of hers, although the the downside there is that it kind of makes her power seem too similar to that of Karnak from the Inhumans. Magnificent? Uh, No, not not that Karnak. Karnak the Shatterer, uh, the the, uh, (laughs) macrocephalic gentleman in the green and white gi, uh, part of the Inhuman royal family. Okay. But yes, uh, there is a Domino uh, series out. Only the first two issues have hit shelves yep. so far. And uh, on both the writing and art end, I uh, do strongly recommend it, especially if you are a fan of Deadpool 2 or okay. Deadpool 2. Uh, <laughs> Deadpool <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so it's, it's murder-proved then. It is, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. 
So if nothing else, then I guess we'll wrap it up. All right. Our uh, epic comic talk here for episode 1700. And once again, this episode is brought to you by SuperheroStuff.com, where you can go to for all of your superhero stuff. All right. Perfect unison. Thank you. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send it to ComicGeekSpeak at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave a voicemail, you can call 267-702-6642. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at ComicGeekSpeak. You can visit thecomicforums.vanillacommunity.com, new address for our forums, uh, where you can leave feedback about this and many other episodes of our show. Let us know what you thought of Deadpool 2. Uh, and also engage in many other conversations on a variety of topics with your fellow CGS fans. Uh, we'd like to give special thanks to everyone who has donated monetarily to the show in the recent past and, and uh, also further back in time. Uh, it's been a great help to us. The show would not be what it is today without your assistance. And as always, we are uniting the world's mightiest heroes, even 1,700 episodes later, <laughs> one listener at a time. <laughs>